Welcome to Canuck Central. Satyar Shaw with Jamie Dodd, a Friday edition. And as always, Canuck Central is presented to you by your local Grip Auto and Tire location. Friendly service and expert advice are waiting for you at gripauto.ca today. Big show coming up for you today. Yannick Hansen is going to join us just in a few minutes to talk everything Canucks. The Canucks have signed a goaltender, Spencer Martin, to a two-year contract. Then Patrick Alvin, Canucks general manager, is going to stop by at 3 o'clock. So he's coming up in hour two of Canucks Central. And it's Friday, and that means we have the mailbag. So a lot of fun coming uh, to you today on Canuck Central, and let's dig right into it because we only have a two-hour show today, so we can't waste too much time. Yeah. So let's dig right into the Spencer Martin signing. Signs a two-year contract, uh, essentially a league minimum, slightly more than the league minimum next season, or just at with the with the numbers kind of going up, under 800k, two years. And for a guy who played you know less than a handful of games for the Canucks, but played really well and has now been fostered through the system of Ian Clark, but more. Notably, Curtis Sanford, who's been the goalie coach in Abbotsford. It just seems like too much good value to pass up. Well, and for Spencer Martin, it's massive, too, to get that one-way deal, right? So, you know, even if yeah. he does end up in the AHL again, he's still getting that NHL salary, gets a little bit of security as well with a two-year deal. So it's a great accomplishment for him. And from a Canucks perspective, you know, we've seen them try to – bring in, you know, experienced veteran backups the last two years. It hasn't really worked uh, in either case with Brayden Holpe or Riaro Halak. They're going to be paying for both of their goal- those goalies on their salary cap next year. So they needed to find a cost-effective solution to back up Thatcher Demko. And this is about as cost-effective as it gets, as you said, just a little bit over league minimum the next two years. Well, and the thing I like the most about it is betting on your a player you brought in and you were able to hone in and get this, you know, exceptional performance out of it at AHL level where he's been tremendous and also in the spot duty he showed against Van- uh, for Vancouver and and you're right at 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 the very least he's a capable third goalie that mm-hmm. plays for you in the AHL you can call up and gives you some depth and you have him for 2 years at best He's a dirt cheap, capable backup. And when you have Thatcher Demko, who next season is probably going to play close to 60 games, right, with how much he's been used this year and how good he is and all those sort of things, you're really looking at 22, right, maybe 25 starts, right, maybe 25 if, you know, Demko comes in at 57 games or something like that as far as starts go. Can he win you 10 of those games? That's kind of what you're looking at from your backup, right? Like you get something like that along those lines. And I think considering how he's come along and Ian Clark and Curtis Sanford and the institution this team has built – that's a bet I make every day of the week. Yeah, you got to start flexing that advantage that you have with your goaltending infrastructure, right? We yeah. talk so much about the job Ian Clark has done. And look, wh- what he has helped Thatcher Demko develop into and the fact that you have that at a team-friendly deal, that's obviously massive. But if you can find an advantage with your backup as well, it, it just helps you you know, lock in value at kind of both goalie positions on your roster. And you know, for whatever reason, again, it didn't work out with Holpe, didn't work out with Halak, but this is a chance now to see the fruits of having that really strong goaltending development because it could potentially give you very, very cost-effective backup performances from Spencer Martin. Well, uh, let's get Yannick Hansen's opinion on all this, and he's brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, the Metro Ford, Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Yannick Hansen, as always, here on Canuck Central on a Friday. What's happening, Yannick? Excited for the weekend? Always am, always am. Hopefully for for a little better weather, but uh, we got it lined up to... The kiddos are busy from, yeah, right when they got off school today till Sunday afternoon. So uh, 
probably more so looking forward to Monday, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the parent life. Uh, yeah, I know Jamie knows a lot about that. I do not. So Jamie's the guy that I can kind of relate to you on that one. But uh, as far as the Canucks are concerned, some news today. They signed Spencer Martin to a two-year contract. And essentially, league minimum, 750 k next year, 775 the year afterwards. And, and considering how well he's played in the AHL and how well he showed in his limited appearances this year when the team needed him with guys in COVID protocol and injuries, uh, do you like that type of bet the Canucks are making? considering to have Ian Clark and that goalie institution here? Yeah, as long as you can get enough uh, enough games for him, that that's my, my main concern. There's no question. We saw him up. He's a talented goalie. I think he's won 20-some goal, uh, games this year, lost a handful maybe down in the in Abbotsford. So so he's done very well for for himself in that aspect. So he's definitely a guy you look to to take that next step Um and again, if you can get him 15, 20 games uh, next year, uh, a lot of time with, with Clarkie and, and the extras, um, then by all means. Um, but again, as long as you can give him enough enough games and the, the trust to get him in, because um, again, what we saw with Halak where you go four weeks in between games, that, that that's not good when you're still trying to develop a guy. If it's a veteran, he'll live with it and deal with it. Uh, but a younger guy who hopefully you're you're looking for the trajectory to to become better and better. Um, you want to see him get a steady amount of games and, and playing on a regular basis, whether it's once a week or whatever it is. But as long as you know the games are coming. Um, with a certain interval in between. Well, and, and Yannick, beyond just what Spencer Martin's been able to do performance-wise in Abbotsford and briefly with the Canucks this year, I mean, from a Canucks perspective, getting potentially your backup under contract for two years under $800,000 on your, on the cap for both of those years, given how, uh, how much we know the front office is going to prioritize creating cap space, that's huge for them to be able to find that value at the backup goalie position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, you can't be paying your goalies ten million because only one of them can play at a time. So you've got to find a way to uh, to get them signed at at reasonable deals. Uh, Halak was reasonable. The only problem is we're paying him again next year. Um, that said, it, it is great that you can get these guys in and hopefully outperforming their contracts. And yeah, you're going to run into problem down the road when they need a new deal but at that point it, it's a different different conversation but right now it, it's looking great for next year you're paying uh, what is it under uh, around six or seven for your two goalies um the, the, those are very good numbers not a lot of a lot of other teams can can compare with that well, the Canucks are paying more money in dead cap to Braden Holpe and Halak next season to Spencer Martin. So that kind of tells you about the need uh, of having a cheap backup behind uh, Thatcher Demko next year. And, you know, as far as, you know, the rest of the team goes, we saw Bo Horvat last night have a two-goal performance, now up to 30 goals on the season, and he's really closing the season strong. And I know you kind of mentioned, uh, you, you know, his hot streak and what was kind of happening and things really just, you know, going his way a lot of the time here recently. But what do you think of his his game and the fact that he's had he has hit 30 goals now yeah it's 30 that that's no that's no fluke and it's no joke either like scoring 30 goals in this league is very very challenging and very hard uh, and especially not especially for a guy like him but but he's not a guy who you'd say the the game revolves around when he's out there if you say um the goal scores um, take Austin Matthew, for instance, like it revolves around him. Uh, same thing with Dreisaitl. You set him up. Uh, Bo is doing a lot of this on his own, if you will. Yeah, he's on the power play in the slot. He gets fed in there once in a while. 
Um, but again, his goals are uh, rotating line mates, um, getting it done off streak. So it's it's uh, it's a huge compliment, and it's great to see. And again, you you need that. You need guys playing above and beyond. Um, the numbers he's putting up right now, the last uh, two or three months or something like that, uh, he does that on a, on a full year's uh, basis. Uh, you you really have something here because then you all of a sudden are not just a two or three tread team, but you have a lot of strings to play on. So it's great to see. Hopefully they can continue this uh, just a little bit further here and keep us uh, keep us engaged engaged in these games because as long as they keep winning. You keep thinking, oh, maybe they win these seven like they did when Bruce began, and, and you can kind of hope for that. So, again, you, you'd like to see this continue going into San Jose uh, or against San Jose here uh, and then line up for, for a really big game against Vegas because, again, this is what we want to see. We want to see these games that matters all the way through. And in order to get those games, we, we need the guys to be producing uh, probably above and beyond right now, and Bo has been doing that in the last dozen game or so. And with Horvat Yannick, you know, I know we've talked in the past about, as you said, look, he's had lots of different line mates, and sometimes it seems like whether he's with really good players on his line or not as good players, Bo's just the same guy. He's pretty much going to do what he does no matter who's playing on his line, and that that's good and bad, right, because it doesn't necessarily elevate when he has better line mates with him, but... What kind of wingers do you think work best with Bo Horvat? Is there a way to kind of consistently get the best out of him uh, if you have the right kind of wingers next to him? Um, I, I think it's more so getting the most out of the two guys that he play with. I think it's more important because Bo is Bo, and he will take care of himself and get in that range he's in right now. He'll win a ton of draws, get the tough matchups. But I'd rather see the two wingers um, get elevated that he brings along than the other way where you're looking for two guys to really uh, elevate Bo's game. I'm not too worried about goal like a Bo, Like I've said this before, I think if he can land in that 60-point range uh, every year, uh, score to 25, 30 goals, if he get in these power play times that he is right now, then by all means that great. But if, if he can drag along two wingers, say Garland, say Pearson, and pull them up to maybe 50 points plateaus where uh, Pearson is playing on 3 million, that, that would be tremendous value for a guy like that. So if you can get him to elevate the two wingers he's playing with uh, and really form uh, and not only an offensive line, but a line that'll do the checking, but also the scoring, uh, then you really have something. So I'm more so looking from the production from the guys he's playing with. And there's no question Bo can play with just about any type of players just of how he is and again he's a center the game revolves around them when they're on the ice they're the they're the shooting uh, ties between the uh, the defense and the forward so they're always involved but again if he can find a way to to really elevate his his wingers uh, find a cheap guy put colson worked well with him yesterday on an entry-level deal bring him along for a little bit tanner pearson a veteran it doesn't really matter as long as he keeps elevating his his wingers and bringing more out of them than than what you were expecting of them that's more so what i'm hoping for with him yeah and you know the the question too just around the team in general is like who are some of the duos that you have here right and who are some of the guys that can really work together well long term and we kind of gone over you know the types of alignments that do work for, with bull horvat now we saw elias Pettersson play the wing and he had a lot of success and i know we talked a lot about that his ideal position is playing center because the the play kind of goes through him but one thing he's done really well is still adjust to playing wing and he's become more and more involved playing that side and he's still 
still making that impact defensively. And Boudreaux kind of talked about how when you have a player of his caliber playing his offside on the wing, he can have uh, his forehand available at all times, which allows him to make more plays. And he said, hey, listen, this changes game, game to game. But are you seeing uh, Elias Pettersson take more advantage of playing wing than what we had seen earlier in the season? I don't know. He, he's lined up with Miller right now, um, and, he, and he seems to be the dynamo, getting, getting just about anybody going. Uh, again, I, I know what Bruce is talking about. Um, I love to play my offside as well uh, when you're dominating, uh, when you're better than everybody else. Um, but if you're not, it's very, very challenging to play the offside because you're getting it on your backhand too in your own end and stuff like that. PD obviously has skills that I never had or a lot of other people don't yeah. have. So uh, he, he can mitigate some of that. Um, but, but again, you, you're, you're constrained when you play on the wing. Uh, one of the, your sides are closed off from the board, so you can only go straight or into the, into the middle, which kind of it takes the guessing out when you're checking a guy like that. That's where we're seeing how elusive he can be. Um, and again, giving him the option of going left, right, or center is is just better in my book. Um, for whatever reason, it, it didn't work out this year uh, for him. And again, we're talking about Pedersen having a a not so good year. He's still almost at 60 points right now, which is ridiculous. Talking about guy not doing well or as good as we were hoped to, but that just says more about what we're expecting from him and what he can do. Um, so, so again. Uh, Right now, okay, he, he's playing the wing. They're they're really scraping for these wings. But again, you, you need to find uh, he, he needs to be your number one center. Uh, he should be that for the next 12, 15 years. So it's it's, I think it's important to get him in there and get him settled. So it's not a guessing game. You want to have that one-two punch uh, here for for a very long time. We were very very fortunate when we had Hank and Kess here for a long time. Never any guessing who's your number one, who's your number two, uh, and it just makes it so much easier. No guessing, no no switching. Everybody knows their spots, their position, their roles. Uh, yeah, like I said, I I can see it right now. Things didn't work out the well, but again, long term, uh, I <laughs> I want him in the middle. And as Sat said, Yannick, you know, the Canucks have a few forwards who are having really strong seasons. Certainly Patterson now that he's turned it on. Obviously JT Miller all year. Bo Horvitz, Horvitz having a hot streak. But there is still kind of a challenge to find who has chemistry with who and who fits with who. And one player I wanted to ask about is Connor Garland, who, of course, is in a really bad scoring slump right now. And is there a is there a kind of natural spot or a natural fit for Connor Garland where you think, okay, he's going to work best with, you know, Miller or Horvitz? that or Pedersen because it doesn't seem like he's found that obvious place to have chemistry so far with the Canucks this year no he definitely hasn't um it looked like he was the dynamo himself early on doing it and, and dragging other other people along it's very hard to do from the wing so he does need support um I would like to see him in the middle six um I, I don't want to see him on the top line um whoever that is he, he's not that dynamic of a player um but again, the, the middle six, uh, tenation on pucks, uh, drawing penalties, creating offense, uh, doing all these little things, uh, turning pucks over. Um, and then again, then you're probably going to round up uh, playing with, with either Bo on the second line or if things aren't going well, you're, you're playing with the third light center, whoever that ends up being. Um, but, but again, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I couldn't peg as a uh, Garland needs to play with so-and-so and those are the guys he worked well with. Um, 
he seems like he probably can be a streaky player. Um, but but again, I, I haven't seen that chemistry where we say stand out. It's like okay, those two they they really have found something. Let let's see what that can can come to. That being said, he's only been here for almost a year now, so there's still a lot of uh, not getting used to, but getting comfortable, getting settled. It doesn't happen overnight. So, uh, again, next year should probably uh, give us a little more guidance or direction as to where he will pan out and, and who he will, will play better with, if you will. Uh, so, again, it's it's something that it didn't work out as well as it could. He started out very, very well, but then kind of took a little bit of a nosedive. Um, but again, he's he's got a lot of lot of abilities, a lot of things that you'd like to see in a hockey player. So I'm sure with a little bit of help, a little bit of grooming, like he will find a, a niche spot here too. Uh, he he's exactly the type of player you want: tenacious, great skating, forechecking, fast. Um, gets under the other people's skin. He just hasn't produced the last couple of months, which is obviously extremely frustrating when you're trying to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. The effort is there every single night. As far as Vasily Putkolzin is concerned, we saw him make a nice play to Bull Horvat and played well with Horvat and Garland last night and some more confidence in his game as the season goes on. I mean, it's hard to maybe assess what his ultimate ceiling is. I know people on our text line, like like Brian from Burke Mountain, wants to know what is uh, Putkolzin's ceiling. To me, I think once he gets a lot more strength to his game, there's a lot more he can do. But is it, isn't it it isn't that hard to kind of really know what Putkolzin can turn out to be? We know he's going to be an NHL player, but what he turns out to be... I'm not quite sure in how good he can be. What do you think? No, it, it, again, it's hard to do with the young guys. Yeah. Um, but but again, he has the past you mentioned yesterday uh, behind the back. I've seen that all year. You've seen that all year. It's sporadic here and there. And that's when I talk about guys you can bounce pucks off and they come back. That's the case. The guys that can make these plays where they'll make other players better can can go into a given goal uh look a little bit above and beyond, just uh, dump it in the corner, go forecheck, and, and see if we can make something happen. But again, he needs he needs the line mates as well. So if you if you put him on a fourth line, like he's played a lot of games with um, Chiesen and uh, and Nick Patan, like th- then you won't see this because the, the puck gets uh, kind of it gets lost when when he moves it to somebody, and then he just kind of gets forgotten. So he he needs some line mates to to, to get the best out of him because he has those abilities to go in and work very well with, with other skilled players. And he can provide that physical aspect and the forechecking that a lot of these guys uh, not ne- doesn't necessarily like to do themselves. Um, the dirty work in the corners, uh, getting pucked back, hounding and stuff like that. So again, it's, it's finding chemistry. It's, it's finding guys he works well with and then giving them a little bit of a longer leash uh, in order to see if they can make something happen in in the long run here and instead of just okay it didn't work for these three games well uh, let's just scratch it then no you need a little bit more of a of a runway here especially young guys that's why you say the development should have probably been in the minors so you kind of get groomed and then when you're ready uh, you, you get tossed to, to the wolves where right now it's right away and you, you got to learn the game you got to learn the language you got to learn the cities you got to learn to travel while you're learning to play in the NHL, it's a lot to ask. Um, so again, you, your your leash for a guy like that got to be a little longer. He's got to be got to be okay with him making mistakes because some of these players, you, you're not only trying to win hockey games, but you're also trying to develop them, which is a very hard uh, thing to do at the same time. So it's uh, it's challenging to say the least. But but again, like you said, he's uh, he's proven that he's a player and he will be a player for a while. 
uh, it's just a matter of finding out where the the ceiling is and then maybe see if you can push that a little bit higher with the, with the right line mates. Well, and with Pod Coles and Yannick, it does sound like the plan from the organization is that when the Canucks season is over, he could go to Abbotsford and play for them in their playoff run. And, you know, you would think he'd be getting big minutes there and a lot of ice time. And how much of an opportunity can that be for Pod Colson's development to step into a bigger role in an AHL playoff environment? It's always good to be the best. Um, it's also good to be the worst on the team. Uh, you need both when you develop as a player. You need to be the one pushing guys, the one that are at the ice at the end of the game where they're decided, the one to decide the games. But you also need to be the one that are at the tail end getting a little mounted, learning from the best. So it, now he gets a chance to hopefully step into a, a bigger role, if you will. Uh, he, he's not going to get down there and get the key to the bus. That's not what I'm, what I'm asking for. But again, he comes down to a place where players will be uh, – um, what do you say, less physical, not as strong as in the NHL. They won't be as good. Um, younger kids his age. So it, it should be a proving ground for him to really assert himself and, and again, not remember how to play, but remember how to be a, a dominating player that he probably could be if he was playing down there. Um or against players his own age. So, again, it would be, it's always good to, to get an extra ice as well, uh, key situation playing in the playoff um it's great that they did that uh, i wish they would have done that for me uh, one of my earlier years when when i could have gone back to play for the moose when we uh when we were out early um because it, it's the best time of the year to play you learn so much in the playoffs um even though you say oh it's in the minors no the the, the, the pressure is still on uh, teams still want them in there's gms fans uh all these things down there um so it, it's a great opportunity for him no, it absolutely is. But Yannick, uh, I know uh, we always uh, enjoy chatting with you every single Friday, and we look forward to chatting with you next week and try to stay sane over the weekend. Sounds good. Enjoy. <laughs> Take care. You got it. Uh, that is Yannick Hansen, our favorite analyst here on Sportsnet 650. Great insight as always. And we always appreciate the time that Yannick has for us and, and how well he breaks things down. And, you know, the question I'll put Coles in, because we've seen a lot of nice flashes from him, and I still kind of go back to what Connor Garland told us earlier this week, uh, uh, Jamie. He was talking about how the older guys talk about his skill level yeah. with Colson's and, you know, how bright the future is for that kid. Well, and one of the things Yannick said there was he's going to be a player, right? He's a player. He's going to be a player for a long time, and it's just a question of what his ultimate ceiling is. But that right there is an achievement for a young player, right? To, and we always you – know, guys who are established NHLers, they know pretty quickly when a young player comes in, does this guy have it or does this guy not have it, right? And – what we heard from Garland, what we heard from Yannick right there is he passes that baseline test of, oh, okay, this guy's going to be an NHL player, right? This is not a case where, you know, oh, okay, can he figure, can he carve out a niche in this league? Is he going to be able to stick? No, Pod Colson's going to be able to stick because he does so many things uh, well away from the puck and already for a rookie. It's just a question of what his ultimate upside is. And yeah. as you said, we've seen those flashes. You know, I absolutely think he can be a top six contributor for this team but I also think it's just impressive that he's already shown enough to guys like Yannick Hansen and Connor Garland to kind of erase any doubts that he's going to be a long-term NHLer well and yeah exactly I mean I, I don't have any doubts about him playing in the NHL and being a guy for you he can very easily be a middle six or at least a third line player for your long term Th that's the baseline the question is that's how much like higher... locked in at this point basically. exactly that's locked in he's going to be a, at the very least a good third line player for you how much better than that yeah. can he be right and 
given how good his shot is and you know some of how his how he profiles with his strength and his power especially when he grows into his body a bit more and if he gets a bit quicker there is a profile where he can be a good scorer I'm not sure it's in him to be you know this elite level scorer and who was the guy that um, Garland compared him to it was Ivan Barbashev a guy that is having success this year 22 goals right but in, in what 67 games has like 48 49 points something along those lines yeah. which I mean over the course of a full season does it get you 25 goals maybe a bit more does it get you 50 points maybe crest 60 on a high point plus brings other intangibles we don't know but that could very well be in the cards for him however and it's exciting to see how much better than what he's shown he can be as time goes on i also think and i think he has a higher upside than this but a player like zach hyman right who does a lot of that gritty work and complements high skill players really well right knows to go to the front of the net now i think pod colson has a higher skill level than zach hyman but the willingness to be physical and to again do things that complement really high-end players that's kind of an interesting profile to me as well right the physical guy who can keep up uh, with the higher end players again pod colson has a higher ceiling than that i think but if you're looking for what kind of role he ultimately might settle into that's an interesting one for me too no i find that uh, very fascinating all right uh, great conversations with yannick hansen and as always here on canuck central it is friday so that means the friday mailbag is coming up coming up and also an hour or two of canuck central